This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, we're Taz and Jim. Who's this? It's Nick. I have a weird concoction that I like to eat. Okay. What is it, Nick? Grilled cheese whiz, peanut butter, and raspberry jam sandwiches. Wait, what? Grilled cheese whiz. Yeah. Peanut butter and raspberry jam sandwiches. So you do a cheese whiz, so it would be like a grilled cheese with peanut butter and jam on it. That's right. That doesn't sound great. It's awesome. I mean, how did you first come up with this? Is this an old family recipe or? <laughs> well, my dad used to make cheese whiz and peanut butter sandwiches all the time. And then the one time I figured I'd throw raspberry jam on it and grill it. Was your dad a single father? Nope. Okay, that sounds like I've got the kids for the weekend, but I forgot to go grocery shopping kind of meal. <laughs> it sounds like it, but no. <laughs> I had both mom and dad living with me. <laughs> People going crazy on the weekend because uh, inadvertently during the U.S. Open, they showed a fan who was dipping her chicken fingers into her son's cola and, and then eating them. So, Jim, I, I've got some chicken okay. fingers here. Thank you. Cooked them up last night. They're a little cold. That may come into play. And got you a... Take that. There's some soda for you. Thank you. Dip them in. You ready? Together. One, two, three. Mm. Just tastes like chicken Chicken fingers. You don't really... I'm washing down my chicken fingers. Yeah, you, do, you don't really taste the... The soda. I guess it, it all goes to the same place, and you will drink... Mm-hmm. A cola while you're eating a chicken finger. So I've had this before, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure at some point you took a sip while you still had chicken finger mm-hmm. in your mouth. Makes it feel like McDonald's. I'm not blown away. I wouldn't do it in public. Not worth it. Apparently, uh, cola is a dipping sauce. We found out at the U.S. Open on the weekend when they showed a woman dipping a chicken finger into her kid's Coke, (laughs) and the internet went crazy. So we're asking for your strange food combinations. Jody, what do you got for us? Um, Have you ever tried smooth, creamy peanut butter and olives, like on a sandwich? No. (laughs) So good. It's so good. Really? Smooth, creamy peanut butter, and then you get, like, the salty olives put together. Oh, really good. How often would you eat a peanut butter and olive sandwich, Jody? Uh, whenever the mood strikes me, so it could be a couple times a month. Who knows? And this is when you're not <laughs> pregnant. This is when I'm not pregnant. I love weird food combos That's, all the like, the saltiest meal. <laughs> is it not? How much? What do you wash it down with? A really good cold glass of milk, for sure. Mm. <laughs> uh, olives and milk sound gross, too. Thanks, Jody. Hey, who's this? Hey, this is Matt. How you doing? Matt, what's your strange food combination? I know. I'm not going to say it's me because it's not. But in the States, they put peanuts in their Coke. Like peanut, like cherry Coke? It's like peanut Coke? No, 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 no. I mean, like Coca-Cola. Right. Salted peanuts. You drop the peanuts into your Coke and then you drink the Coke? Yes, and four. And then you you eat the peanuts once the Coke is gone? I think you do, yeah. That sounds disgusting. It sounds ridiculously disgusting, but it's a southern thing, so. Huh. Peanut yeah. Coke. Like, yeah. whatever happened to just eating the thing and then washing it down <laughs> with the Coke? You know what? It's like saying whatever. Nobody's got time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
Everyone's in a hurry. You got to do the peanuts and the Coke at the same time. Throw some chicken fingers in there for good measure. That's about it. Hi, FM 96. Hello. You're looking for good food combinations? Yeah. Uh, Try a buffalo chicken sandwich Mm -hmm. with Nutella instead of the blue cheese dressing. Hmm. How this is one of the, it's how the first time do you decide that's what you're going to go for? Or how many things because, did you do and it be, didn't work? No, I drove through and I saw a Nutella sticker on the uh, Harvey's drive-through window, and I said, "Can I get Nutella on my chicken instead of the blue cheese dressing?" And they said, um, "Okay." And then I tried it, and it's fantastic. The uh, spicy and the sweet. Good combo. Oh, you know some employee just told their boss they invented something new, and they're getting a promotion for sure. And, and next okay. thing you know, we'll see that but as that's a menu okay. item. I like, I like sharing. I'll have a uh, number five, please. Substitute Nutella for the blue cheese. And uh, on the side, a peanut coat. <laughs> Your peacock. Sports time, Devin Peacock joins us. What do you want to talk about, Dev? I want to talk about uh, George St. Pierre. He's uh, going to announce his retirement today, this afternoon in Montreal. And I was thinking of something that um, was said a couple years ago where the basically the argument was, uh, Dana White was saying that GSP is the most popular Canadian athlete around the world. Of all time? Well, I mean, today. Today being like, you know, also five years from five years mm-hmm. ago. And I was trying to think about like, so like, obviously we're hockey centric in this country. So I would think Wayne Gretzky, maybe Sidney Crosby, like, but like, is, does like how many people in like Australia know Wayne Gretzky as opposed to GSP? How many people in China know Wayne Gretzky as opposed to GSP? I think for Wayne Gretzky, he may, uh, it's kind of like an even, even level there. The only other, and I'm not trying to be a homer. Yeah, the other couple is Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, just because, especially right after the Olympics, like they are known around the world in like Africa, Malaysia, China, uh, South America, everywhere. Similar to, I think Wayne Gretzky, maybe not uh, Wayne Gretzky in South America. I don't know, uh, maybe, uh, but also GSP because. MMA is just a global sport. Sure. Well, figure skating, too. You, you get the pockets, right, where they just go crazy for the sport. So in Asia, for example, mm-hmm. where figure skating is huge over there, and Scott and Tessa would be superstars. They'd get followed around like crazy. I guess any country that participates actively in the Winter Olympics would be huge fans, right? At least know who they are. Yeah. I think one of the arguments that would make for Wayne Gretzky against... Uh, GSP is like Wayne Gretzky hasn't played hockey for like 20 years at this point. So the fact that he is still like in the conversation to me speaks to his longevity in terms of being like one of the most popular Canadian athletes. Scott and Tessa are big right now, deservedly so, but in 20 years from now, are they still going to have the same cachet? Maybe. I mean, they, they could be like, you know, just spoken of every single 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 uh, Winter Olympics as just legends in their sport. And maybe GSP 20 years from now is, is spoken the same way. But I, I feel that's like a harder, a harder case for you to make that GSP like 20 years from now is still viewed as at the top of Canadian athletes. Well, there's only one way to settle this. We need to have a pay-per-view where Scott and Tessa fight GSP. <laughs> and then GSP has to go head-to-head with Scott and Tessa on their turf and do a yes. uh, a skating routine. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather watch that than the stupid Floyd Mayweather... Uh 
uh, what was it? Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor yeah. fight. I like it. Let's do it. You are ready for a zombie apocalypse? As ready as I'll ever be. I know you like to fantasize about that sort of yeah. thing. What would you do in a zombie apocalypse, Jim? I think I would go up north, northern Ontario, less people, find uh-huh. a remote cottage that you could uh, hold out and defend, and then you could hunt for deer and stuff and clean water, and that's what I would do. Just think about the traffic on the 400 on a weekend, a normal oh. weekend. Out of Toronto? Out of Toronto, yeah. You'd have to go the back way for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a zombie apocalypse, like multiply that by a million. Yeah. You'd have to wait six days in your condo in Toronto, wait for things to die down a little, then take off. <laughs> uh, 14% of Americans say they, ha- they actually have a zombie apocalypse strategy. Hmm. So they have worked out what they would do. On the list, gather guns, ammo, other weapons, find a good place to hide and regroup, gather supplies and food, relocate to a place with fewer zombies, like you said, meet up with family and friends so you have a bit of a team, a zombie fighting team. Hmm. How many uh, of your family members are you, you taking with you, Jim? I have too many. You're on a, you have a cottage on an island, don't it's, you? It's not on an island. It's just water access only, so there's no actual roads to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the road is on the other side of the small lake. But it wouldn't be a bad option. Yeah, and I'm sure zombies would be tripping over roots and stuff. <laughs> It'd take them a while <laughs> to get to the old, the old cottage in Elliott Lake. You'd set booby traps as well. Yeah, I think so. But like, how concerned are you to gather up your your parents and and your brothers and their families, or are you just so, hightailing it out of out of here with your girlfriend? I don't know because there's eight people in my immediate family like that I grew up with. Now they all have spouses, and then some of them have kids. There's ten nieces and nephews running around. So now we're up to almost at least twenty people. Yeah, this is a caravan. I got to trim some fat somewhere. You got to feed all those people. Got to feed them. Huh. Crying kids are going to give away your location. But the truth is, like, I need my brother-in-law, Rob, who can uh, hunt to go up, so he's got to come. Yeah, you need that one guy. Yeah, he can hunt, and I don't really know how to operate a crossbow. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He'd probably have that, and he's a farmer. You know, I think Christina, she mixes some good drinks. She's a little sister. She'd uh, ease the tension. Everybody's got their own skills. The big concern is you go to pick up your family, and they're already zombies. And uh, we've all seen that big dilemma where you have to uh, you have to take out a loved one, yeah, and you hesitate for a second. Next thing you know, they bit you on the yeah. arm, and you're a zombie too. E- even worse, they're looking kind of pale and acting a little shady. They're sweating, and their sleeves are long. Yeah, they, and they don't won't tell show you. you. They don't tell you that they've already been bitten until you get to the cottage. Yeah. And then next thing you know, middle of the night, yeah. they're in the doorway. Granny, are you okay? <laughs> And we're all Irish, so we're all already pale. So it's going to be real hard to tell who's infested infected or not. 14% of Americans say they have a, a zombie apocalypse strategy. Maybe it's time you start working on yours. Now, another concern in the area, and we talked about this story earlier in the week, is a shortage of liquor at the LCBO, and the LCBO did come out and confirm that they are having some shortage issues with certain products in the store. Trouble keeping the the shelves stocked. They say it's because they got a new system that uh, is distributing and organizing the the distribution of the liquor, and it's a temporary problem that will be resolved quickly. Mike Stubbs, the voice of the London Knights, he was heading out for 980 CFPL, 
to talk to people yesterday at around uh, 10 a.m. outside of the LCBO and, and just gauge the public to see how they're feeling if they think that there is a liquor shortage here in London, Ontario. And here is Stubbsy sent this over to us. He's talking to a, a guy named Phil outside of the LCBO. When you walk into the LCBO in London, have you noticed any bare shelves, shortages, anything like that? No. I mean, honestly, most of the time I'll go to the beer store unless someone wants something specific, right? But anytime I've been in the liquor store, everything seems to be fine here anyway. <laughs> I, you know. <clears throat> so you're taking orders for other people? No, uh, no, my friend just asked me, right, if I could pick him up a six, right? I said, well, okay, uh, you know. But, yeah, no, I mean, it, it really doesn't seem to be that much of a hassle or whatever. Right? So you haven't walked in and you've gone specifically for one thing and it's not there? No, I, no, I have yet to have anything like that, right? I mean, now you got to remember too, though. Uh, if I can't find it here, then I will go over to the beer store and see if they have it. Right? So. What are you typically after at this time of the day? Well, usually getting beer for later on in the day, right? Because uh, I like my beer cold, right? So I get it early. <laughs> Put it in the fridge, and then by the time we're, you know, if we're going to have a beer, it'll be nice and cool, right? So, my apartment, like, we have uh, um, central air, supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> but it hasn't worked in three years. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I... Uh, the beer helps. Oh, yeah, Damn right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing better than on a hot day having a cold beer. And, and for me, it's really got to be cold beer. Right? I, I, like, I, even though I'm English, <laughs> I'm not like the other English people that like warm beer. <laughs> There's Phil... Talking to uh, Mike Stubbs about the uh, the liquor shortage at the LCBO, which he seems to think is non-existent. He says that shelves stocked just just fine. And if we can learn anything from Phil, it's that you should always plan ahead, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So if you are worried that you're going to be short, and just buy a couple extra and, and put them in the fridge so they're they're nice and cold when you're ready to drink them. Especially if your air conditioner hasn't worked in three years. I've got a feeling he would drink a warm beer if he had to. <laughs> if he had to, but... Uh, I mean, nothing better than on a hot day having a cold beer. You remember I, I told you I was in Grand Bend a couple weeks ago, and a guy came up to me. He said, Taz, you gotta see my buddy's testicle. Yes. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? And he he explained to me that uh, his buddy had a condition where 
one of his boys had swollen up to about the size of a grapefruit. Jesus. And you could see that there was uh, in his pants a visible <laughs> a visible lump. There was a <laughs> there was a bulge for sure. Ugh. I declined the offer at the time, but uh in in hindsight we kind of said, well, if he wants to bring it into the studio, uh, Jim and I will take a look at it because it is kind of medically fascinating to see mm-hmm. that one can swell up that large. We want to see exactly how big is it. He swears it's the size of a grapefruit. So uh, we're waiting to hear back and, and figure out when this guy and it, his big uh, his big ball are going to come into the studio. <laughs> but then this morning we get a text message. Now this is from the guy... Uh, who's friends with the large testicle guy. This is the guy who said, you got to see my buddy's... You got to look at my buddy's thing. This is the guy. He says, I'm at Vic Hospital right now. Not even joking. My nuts got all messed up on me. (laughs) LOL. It's karma, fellas. It's karma. (laughs) This is what he gets for laughing at his his friend's uh, medical condition, right? What happened? I don't know. We need some clarification. So we've got uh, we've got him on the phone here. I believe his name's Matt. What is going on? <laughs> well, I, I I called in there like, was it, last week about my buddy with the, the giant testicle, right? You remember that? Yeah. Is he coming into the studio to show us or what? I, he's gonna. I he says he'll come in. So this is the ultimate dose of karma. So I was helping him pull a motor out of his truck. And I must have overexerted myself, pulled something. Next thing you know, my my testicle swells up. I'm in the hospital all night last night. No way. What are you guys actually you doing? You're up to an, something. Yeah, this is an alibi so your wife will hear it on the radio. What the hell is going on? I sent you a picture of me in a hospital gown. I'm not making this stuff up, man. I'm, I'm dead serious. And your hospital visit was testicle related. Yeah, did did yeah. you herniate a testicle like your buddy? No, no, I just tweaked it. It swelled up on me, but I got scared with his story. Is that what the doctor said? You tweaked your testicle? Well, they thought that initially they thought it was twisted. And they, uh-huh. they were going to have to operate on me. Things got pretty tense there for a moment. And it turns out it wasn't twisted, but I pulled something and it swelled up on me. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this stuff up. This is an honest to God story. It's just... <laughs> And you can't write this stuff. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. If this is true, then it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell him to get a hold of you guys. He's got to come in and. Well, I'm worried now. I don't want the testicle curse. I don't need. I don't need my. Stuff ballooning to the size of a softball. This is like the ring. Whoever sees the testicle then gets the testicle. (laughs) Two weeks later, the phone rings. What? (laughs) Don't answer it. I'm going to have them call you guys anyway. Tuck your pants in your socks. You won't catch Okay. We'll have Devin Peacock look at the testicle and see what happens to him. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. What is going on here? This is something's fishy here, but yeah. <laughs> you're right. It sounds like these two are doing something that <laughs> is just a cover story. Yeah, there's a video on the internet with a fail on it. <laughs> Pretty sure. And somehow we've been we've been roped into being a part of it. <laughs> have you ever heard of that? If you twist if you twist one, then they have to operate on it? 
I don't know what I have heard something where they have to cut into the okay the, the section yeah, we don't need and, to and untangle yeah something they have to actually go inside there and and do stuff if you twist one around bad yeah. enough I don't know what causes it though I have heard I have heard stories something like that in the past though the doctor comes in you're lying in the hospital bed we've got some good news <laughs> uh, you did not twist your testicle but the bad news is you did tweak it pretty badly. <laughs> medical term we're gonna have to put a cast on it <laughs> it's just the exact same shape yeah it's like a plaster thing uh, like truck nuts <laughs> plaster i am a little bit nervous though about the ring <laughs> the ring testicle curse <laughs> just be at home the static will come on your tv screen <laughs> 3d starts coming out of your screen at you <laughs> no what is that a grapefruit <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking.